Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Impact of Influence. The tragic story of a powerful South Carolina family and the mysterious deaths that they are linked to. Thank you for joining us. Uh, do not forget to subscribe, uh, share, rate, follow, comment, all that stuff uh, as you uh, listen to the podcast. And today, and on this episode, we're going to talk with former DA and legal analyst John Snyder, known for a while, about some of the questions which, when you get into the uh, Murdoch cases, the various cases, the boating accident, even the homicide, and some of the things that have happened in the past and their rise to power, et cetera. When you read people talk about it on social media or on Reddit or something or amongst each other in the stores, there's a lot of uh, people uh, just guessing, well, that was handled wrong or that was handled differently, but you don't know because you we just assume certain things about what happens after an accident, et cetera. So we brought in someone who knows, and that is uh, John. Hello, John. Hey, man, how are you? We're doing well. Seton's here, of course. And I'm, I'm going to start with the first thing I want to start with is because we often have talked about the Murdoch family and their power in this podcast. And one of the things that we keep saying, and I had to even try to find out myself, is they were solicitors from like 85 years or something. But not every place has a solicitor. What is a solicitor? So a solicitor is a is the fancy word for district attorney. Okay. And so in Virginia and South Carolina, instead of being called district attorneys they're called solicitors and that's an that's you know an old english phrase that's kind of hung around uh the original 13 colonies well my other question was when i read that it says sometimes that they would i guess volunteer in that office that seems weird to me is that is that something that happens places it's atypical in the current in, in north carolina and it's still atypical across the country but South Carolina still allows for there to be private prosecutors. And it would be, it's in some ways, it's not a bad idea at all because you can have somebody that's, that takes some cases and works those very well, but, sure. but does, isn't so like bought into the system that they lose perspective. The other side is it creates a, just a very tangled web inside a, a small county's courthouse where everybody's related somehow by, you know, either cases they've worked on together or even family members who might have been the star witness in a case get hired on the side by the law firm to do an investigation. And so it just creates this horribly muddied water mm -hmm. for somebody to navigate on who, who's on the side of right. Okay. Uh, Seton, now you want to go down uh, some of the questions we had as far as, let's. Uh, we should go to the boating accident. We're going to go there first. Seton? Yeah, sure. Okay, so we, we have some questions about 
how it was handled. I know you've read as much as you could or we could and find. Uh, so, and even these questions, again, John is only as a legal analyst. He wasn't at the scene. So he can kind of answer these questions to the best of his ability. So Seton, what did, what did you want to know? Well, one question is, are you allowed to refuse a breathalyzer? I don't know if it was offered, but just that was just a general question I had. Yeah, so South Carolina has its own set of standards for boating under the influence. And it's uh, because you can't do like roadside sobriety test, they have a, a set protocol of, of tests that they'll put somebody through. And that includes, you know, holding the, the light in front of somebody's eyes, the, the horizontal gaze. Okay. They do the thing, the finger to nose test. They also have a couple of things that, that are unique. That's the palm pat test where you flip your palm over and you have to do that in a oh. certain succession. And then they do this thing where they make you like basically walk your fist on one side or the other. And then that helps them establish probable cause to ask you to, to blow. And so there is the ability to do that. That is a standard part of a boating under the influence case, but you can refuse that. And so I wouldn't take the lack of one being done as evidence of, of not being done properly. So it, it, in, this, in an incident where there's obviously a lot going on or people have got to get to the hospital and that sort of thing, and there's a missing girl in the water, is it possible that they would just say, let's get these people to the hospital, we'll figure it out there? Yes, that's very possible. And if they could have been in shock or or unconscious from the accident, they couldn't have done one. What happens if they are unsure who the driver was? Because there seems to be some controversy about some reports say they knew who the driver was and other reports said it was unclear which of the boaters was driving. What happens in that case? Well, again, you, it's very difficult to charge somebody for you. You have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt who the driver was. And so in this situation, you've got, you have six people in a boat, one passes away. So they're not eligible to be a witness. And the other five have to know and be willing to say who it was. And so some of this latest news about the sled investigation might be related to the conversations that happened after the accident while law enforcement was trying to gather evidence. Okay. Between the people that were on the boat. And if somebody on the boat says he was driving and the guy who was is being pointed to says, I wasn't driving, they would fill out on the report. They weren't sure or whatever. What was the wording they used on the thing? Unclear. unclear. That would be that would be enough to say unclear, correct? That would be enough to say unclear. And, and this is one of those, you, you can't presume the conspiracy right. based on the evidence that, that, that they're gathering at the site. And so... Law enforcement's job is, is really not to have any emotion about what happened, but literally they're there to gather, catalog, and report what they've seen and what they understand to have occurred. And it may be, we, you know, it's kind of like a, a auto accident. Well, he says they stopped short, and she says, mm -hmm. you know, he ran into the back of my car. That right. and the officer's like, I can't really tell. And so... We're unsure who calls the accident. Some people are saying, well, why did he say that? Other people said that he was driving. But as long as the driver was not saying he was driving, 
then they should write. That's, they could write in. That's unclear. exactly it. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then when they go to the hospital, the the grandfather and the father, the grandfather and the father, are both attorneys, and they are there at the hospital, and they prevent the police from letting any of them talk to the voters or take any sort of uh, test, blood test for intoxication. And what you might say prevent, a lawyer is going to say, we asserted our constitutional right, right, and we were there to protect the kids from being unduly prosecuted. Right, or getting some sort of admission out of them when they're in this dazed state. There's a great book written by a law professor of mine, James Dwayne, called You Have the Right to Remain Silent. And so asserting that right is always a good thing until you've had a conversation, until you've had an opportunity to talk with a lawyer about what could happen based on what you may say. Gotcha. So the idea that the people who wanted to go down the conspiracy path were like, I can't believe blah, 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 blah. If you're... As an attorney, if it were your kids, you'd probably step in and do the same thing, I would imagine. We, my, I, I would say to your kids, my kids, yeah. I'm not hide, we're not hiding anything, but talk to a lawyer right. before you talk to law enforcement. Especially they've been through a lot. I mean, I, you know, they, they, they were, their heads were not exactly in the right place necessarily to give statements. That's, and, that's right. Now, again, that is, that's an Everybody wants that for their own family, but doesn't understand it when other people assert it. Well, why didn't you talk to the police? Do you have something to hide? It's like, no. But sometimes things can get misconstrued. Yeah. And it puts us in an awkward spot. It happens all the time in the true crime documentaries and things I watch where somebody doesn't sleep or something and then they say something and, you know, we're misconstrued. The other questions were not really about the boating under the okay. influence. Let's oh, go. well, we, we, no, wait. One actually question about this. One was. The arraignment process. People were very upset because of the optics that when Paul was arraigned, which was several months after the accident, he was not in an orange jumpsuit and he wasn't fingerprinted and booked to the jail. He got to do all that from the courthouse. So people were very upset about that. But we just kind of wanted to maybe ask you if you would think that would be something that was actually kind of normal given the high profile or that he wasn't arrested right then. So there was some time. That, to me, is just a good lawyer doing his job. If if Matt got charged with something crazy, I would want to make sure we had a back door into the courthouse yeah. and that we were able to leave by a back door. Because, again, you're innocent until right. proven guilty. And so when they do the perp walk and all that stuff, it, it, it creates an impression, whether it's reasonable right. or not in in the seer's mind and so as much as i can prevent a client from from going through that and having you know either pictures or just the psychology that goes with the you know the orange jumpsuit Mm -hmm. i think that's just good that's good lawyering everybody should get that kind of lawyer is is what the the that was probably decided by the by his attorneys not by the Law enforcement, perhaps. So that's that's, that's important. correct. Take a little break and uh, get you ready for some traveling you've got coming up, some international trip where you want to be able to at least get around, right? So you want to learn the language of the country that you're going to. You want to experience it with a little bit of knowledge going in. 
and you can get a lot of bit of knowledge when you use Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program. It's available on desktop. It can also be used as an app on your phone or tablet. And Rosetta Stone teaches through immersion. It's instead of memorizing and drilling vocabulary words, you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals. You read stories, you participate in dialogues, so you are ready to go. It's the most trusted, time-tested app out there. They've been the expert in language learning for 30 years. Buy Rosetta Stone now, and you never have to pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Impact of Influence listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 40% off. That's 40% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 40% off at rosettastone.com backslash today. The oh, the timeline on from the vote accident to the indictment. Some were saying, "What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for?" Is that does that seem, strike you as odd at all? No, I I would say because of the high profile nature of the of the defendant and and their relationships, I think you would want to run down every single lead before you just you just popped off a charge. So that yeah, that that's I kind of thought that that would be the case. And how about the fact that he let's see, it was in April he was indicted, and the, February was the accident. And then released on bail, and the bond allowed him to move throughout the state. He went back to USC. Well, not originally. They not had originally. A, they had to file for him to have that. So their lawyers filed something that allowed him to travel throughout the state to go to school and also to meet with his lawyers who were based in Columbia. Again, only indicted, not found guilty. So is that anything jump out of you? Is like, that wouldn't happen for a normal person. No, I think that would happen to any... You, you got... I mean, honestly, it just keeps coming down to the, the, the strength of their of his legal team more than anything. If you've got a college student who messes up one weekend at Charleston from eating too many chicken wings and cheap beer, and he, he goes to school in Columbia, it would make sense to allow him to return to Columbia to stay, like, to stay in school as long as he was actively in school. Terms and conditions yeah. to go with with that bond modification. So the, that would be normal. Because the pitch would, I guess the pitch from the defense attorney or his dad or whoever would be that he's not a threat is what their big thing would be, right? That he's not a threat to run. He's not a threat to injure others. He's not a threat. And, and you know, analyzing it from a civil standpoint, I want him to be a productive member of society in the event that there's a, a financial judgment entered against them. I want them well, to be able oh, to, to pay, pay. the judgment. That, that's actually really interesting, and there's questions on to why, because in the civil suit, he was not named. His older brother was named because he had lent his ID to him, and his dad was named as the owner of the boat. But Paul was actually never named in the civil suit, so I'm assuming that there's got to be some reason why he wasn't named. There'll be two, two reasons for that. One is it's a slam dunk case against the liquor store against the brother for letting his id be used for underage kids to buy alcohol and the father who owns the boat so those are all of those people have insurance policies already excellent there's, there's pockets on there in this case in the boat case on the civil side south carolina has a thing called comparative negligence 
And so in North Carolina, we have strict strict negligence, which means if you are 1% at fault for an accident, you are barred from recovery completely. Huh. In South Carolina, they have a comparative negligence scale. So drunk boating accident, you're drunk, you've been drinking underage, you've done bad things that put you on that boat. That's going to be on a sliding scale of liability. And so that's, that may be the strategy that they're going to wait for a criminal conviction or a criminal result before they were to name, um, Paul name the, the defendant of the, the time. driver of the, or the alleged driver of the boat. That is huge. Man, you're, you're, you are on this man. I knew you would be. People were saying, and I, I heard somebody else doing a podcast and they're like, this doesn't make sense. If somebody else was arrested, they would have had a, an ankle thing. They would have had a, a blow into their car to get it started. Uh, they wouldn't have been able to boat. Is that all just wild conjecture? And that's, that's has nothing to do with actual South Carolina law. Boating's a lower standard because it's, it's an inherently more dangerous thing than an automobile, but it's, but it's also, you know, much lower fatality rate. So, that's oh. just how the laws are. So yeah, it's not there's it wouldn't be weird that he doesn't have to to blow into something to start his car, or start his boat or whatever. Not at all. Especially when he's like there's an issue over whether he was the actual driver. He was indicted on it as being the driver, but still in the police report it did say there was question. There's been a lot of controversy about the current solicitor recusing himself because of the ties he has with the Murdoch family on, a, on the homicide yeah. case. I didn't know if People are calling for him to recuse himself, but no one has actually been charged yet. So I didn't know if that was a normal thing or. That's the uh, the conundrum of public service in a small town. And on something like that, I'm I'm usually going to give a benefit of the doubt of if if this person is called and qualified to be a public servant as a prosecutor. He is going to be able to put aside his emotion or connection to somebody and do the right thing. That's my personal opinion. But I also understand you want to be above reproach in in the conducting of justice so that nobody can attack what you do. And we just, as a society, have kind of moved into... Let's always attack the motives of the people who we disagree with. He Let's did recuse himself he for the boating accident. He did recuse himself for that. Okay. From the I homicide thing, well, how, how involved sense. is the would the prosecutor be in the actual investigation? I assume that the sled or whoever's doing the investigation on the homicides, is the prosecutor's not necessarily hands-on as they're investigating, or are they? Typically, the, the prosecutor should be aware of how the case is being conducted. It's like I used to go to murder scenes, and so... And the, re- the reason wasn't because I was a great investigator. It's you just want to make sure that the process is being followed so that you can get the conviction when it gets to the courthouse. Uh, like I was wondering if you could even recuse yourself if the, there's no charges have happened. Right now, as a prosecutor, you're just making sure the investigators are, are, are doing everything by the book. Correct. You're, gotcha. the, the whole idea of, of criminal prosecution is, is accountability, one, on the people that they followed the law, and then two, on law enforcement, that they follow the process to bring about a just result. And so that's, I mean, we talk about almost every case in America that's on the news right now is that the prosecutor is actually a guardian of civil rights in some regards to make sure that law enforcement's done what they need to do 
if they're going to charge somebody with a crime and, and kind of ruin their life. John, you're awesome. I appreciate it. <laughs> my pleasure. Uh, we will talk soon, my friend. Okay. Thank you. Good. Bye-bye. Fact or fiction, you be the judge. Pentagon insiders testify that aliens are real. Woman falls in love with a great white shark. Emotional support llama flies on an airplane. Vampires breach the Mexican border. NYC mayor's face melts on TV. Human clone is a serial killer victim in past life. They say you can't make this up. Well, it turns out you can. Most of those scenarios are fictional plot lines to recent Book of the Month selections. At Book of the Month, we read hundreds of books and spotlight the very best every month. So our members choose from the most awesome and sensational reads out there. Today's world is strange enough. You might as well read fiction. At least it's better written. Go to bookofthemonth.com to choose your first book for just $9.99 with code STRANGE. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. 